Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Today, in our study, we're going to take a look at the way uh, the prophet Jonah is referred to by the Lord Jesus in the Gospels. There are really uh, three passages in the New Testament where Jesus references Jonah, Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 16, and Luke chapter 11. Uh, There are many similarities between these three accounts, and so we want to take a look at these, and uh, particularly the question, how does Jesus talk about Jonah? What lessons does he draw out of the book of Jonah? So to begin, we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 12 and verses 38 through 42. So I'll read these as we start. Uh, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, answered Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given to it uh, but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south shall rise up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because uh, she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. So what's going on in this passage? What is Jesus talking about when he's referring to uh, the sign of Jonah here? Well, in the context of Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is speaking out against the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the Jews of his day, and condemning them because earlier in this chapter, uh, they have seen throughout his ministry to this point the miracles that Jesus has performed And uh, instead of realizing that this is a sign, this was to be the, uh, the proof to them that Jesus had come from God, they actually attribute his miracles not to the Holy Spirit or to God, but to the devil. Uh, And so they say that it is uh, because he has an evil spirit or he's speaking from uh, Beelzebul, the, the prince of the demons. And because of this, Jesus very strongly and sharply rebukes the Pharisees at this point, uh, even talking to them about this as the unforgivable or unpardonable sin. Uh, It is the fact that they have attributed his miracles to the devil rather than attributing them to the Holy Spirit uh, where Jesus uh, is performing these miracles from uh, the Spirit's power. Uh, So when Jesus is speaking to them in verse 38, it's directly after this confrontation has taken place. And so some of the scribes and Pharisees are, are saying to him again, and this is 
I mean, you can almost feel Jesus' frustration. He has already done miraculous things and, and showed them incredible things through the power, power of the Holy Spirit. And they say to him again in verse 38, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And, and I'm sure if, if we could, you know, hear Jesus' thoughts at this moment, we might be hearing something like, Are you kidding me? I've just done all of these things. Have you not been paying attention? And so he says to them, at first when we're reading this in verse 39, we might think, well, Jesus is, you know, really, really rude and standoffish here at people who may legitimately be seeking. Well, first of all, the Pharisees had had ample opportunity to see the signs that he was performing up to this point and were not paying attention and had, in fact, attributed those things to the power of the devil. But secondly, uh, he is rebuking them through what he says here again when he says, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. So what is this sign that Jesus says is going to be given to this generation, and particularly to the religious leaders of the Jews who are rejecting him in this chapter? He says in verse 40, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's the sign right there. It's the comparison between Jonah thrown overboard out of the ship into the Mediterranean Sea. He goes down, down. If you remember Jonah chapter 2, he talks about himself as descending to Sheol and uses language there reminiscent of or, or poetic of dying. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Just as Jonah was dying, so to speak, in the the, the uh, Mediterranean Sea swallowed by the fish in the belly of the sea monster for three days and three nights and then was spit up onto land again. So Jesus himself would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus is predicting here his death and also his resurrection. Just as Jonah was thrown overboard and died, so to speak, when he went down into the belly of the fish and then came back to life, so to speak, when he was spit up by the fish onto the land, Jesus would actually die and be buried and rise again from the dead. And that is the sign to this generation. That is the ultimate sign, not only to the, the generation of the Jews that lived at that time, but to all subsequent generations and outside of the, the nation of Israel as well. Then he goes on to say in verse 41 and 42, The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. And then he says, the queen of the south shall rise up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Just a quick note on these verses. Many people will say that the book of Jonah is allegorical or a parable. But how about Jesus' presentation of the events of what takes place in Jonah in these two verses. In verse 42, I don't know that anyone would argue that the queen of the south in the lifetime of Solomon 
was an allegorical event. This is a historical figure who is coming to the historical person of King Solomon. And uh, Jesus is using this in conjunction with, I think we could argue, the historical Jonah and the events that actually took place in his life. Now, if we jump over to Matthew chapter 16, we see uh, Jesus stating this again here in verses 1 through 4. Chapter 16 of Matthew, And the Pharisees and Sadducees came up, and testing him, asked him to show them a sign from heaven. Again, we've already seen that Jesus has condemned the Pharisees, rejected them, because they've rejected him as legitimately working his miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. But he answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And he left them and went away. Well, what is Jesus talking about with these weather patterns here? Weather at night, weather in the morning, the way that the sky looks, and whether or not there will be a storm uh, as a result of what you see in the sky. Remember uh, uh, an old uh, adage growing up that was taught to me, red at night, sailors delight. Red in the morning, sailors take warning. Uh, an old tale that was told to say, if you see the color of the sky, you know there may be a storm coming or not, uh, based on what you see in the sky. Well, Jesus is saying to the people, you can predict the weather from what you see in the sky, but from what, you're see, what you see happening in the world, particularly, I, again, I think he's pointing to himself and his own miracles that have been performed here through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, you don't know the signs of the times. He's not speaking about the end times here. He's speaking about the current times, the times that he was there on the earth. He says, I'm here with you, performing all of these signs and miracles, and you don't get a clue about what's going on. He says, so no sign will be given to this evil and adulterous generation except the sign of Jonah. And Matthew doesn't explain for us here in chapter 16 what the sign of Jonah is because he's already done so in chapter 12. Again, the sign of Jonah is the death and resurrection motif that Jonah died, so to speak, when he was thrown into the sea and swallowed by the fish and was resurrected, so to speak, when the fish spit him up onto the land. Jesus was going to actually die and actually come back from the dead. Now, one additional passage, Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 32. And as the crowds were increasing, he began to say, this generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign shall be given to it but the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, and I think that's an important phrase, so shall the Son of Man be to this generation. And then we have these similar verses. The queen of the south shall rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them 
because she came from the ends of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Well, this is very similar in many respects to Matthew's passage, but in Luke's account, he says in verse 30, just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites. I think that Jesus is giving us a clue, a slight interpretation of the book of Jonah, where he reveals to us that the Ninevites were probably aware of what had happened to Jonah. In other words, that he had fled, that he had been killed, so to speak, and being thrown into the Mediterranean, and the amazing incident that the whale or, or the giant fish had swallowed him and that he had been reborn when the fish spit him out onto land. This was the sign to the Ninevites. Now, that is not made explicit in the book of Jonah itself, but I think Jesus is alluding to that here when he calls it the sign of Jonah to the Ninevites. And then he says, so shall the Son of Man be a sign to this generation. So Jesus, again, comparing himself to Jonah here, the Son of Man would be a sign through his death and resurrection. That's the motif here. And probably arguing that we should read in the book of Jonah, Jonah's uh, death, so to speak, and resurrection, so to speak, as part of the reason why the people of the city of the Nineveh, uh, of Nineveh, so readily repented. So three uh, ways that Jesus uses the Jonah narrative in the Gospels. First of all, we've seen that he uses it as an illustration or prediction of his own death and resurrection. This is the sign of Jonah that's given to this wicked and adulterous generation. Jesus was going to die, and yet he was going to come back to life. And if they were able to understand what he meant by the sign of Jonah, uh, they perhaps would have understand, uh, understood that this was what he was referring to, uh, that he would die and, and yet be, born, be uh, uh, resurrected. Uh, he also uses the Jonah narrative as a historical account, as we saw, rather than a metaphor or allegory. Uh, it's also used as an example of uh, people who appropriately respond to God's warnings of judgment through the people of Nineveh in their actions. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.